Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. In a trick in a book and I bake there All that I can find Superman or Green Lantern ain't got Hello and welcome to issue 27 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark and I am joined as always by the galloping Grinch himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? I'm doing very well this evening, Ian. You don't sound very Grinchy. Uh, no, no, I'm in the uh, holiday spirit. Yeah. Uh, Andy is often uh, known among the gaming group as a, uh, a curmudgeon, but he's always very, very happy on this show. So, <laughs> I'm known as a curmudgeon because I, I do have a bad habit of finding the, um, the what if, like, or pointing out the what if. <laughs> I'm actually a very positive person. Well, yes, you uh, you do you do keep a positive outlook, I think. But uh, yeah, you do have that curmudgeonly uh, reputation among the group for some reason. But uh, anyway, it is it's the holiday season, and we're back to talk about comics. And uh, unfortunately, another month behind. But you know, as usual, things were crazy. November was especially crazy. I was gone for a week for the uh, Geek Nation Tours Lake Geneva Classic RPG Retreat which was an amazing trip, and we're already, actually by the time this episode comes out, the 2020 trip may already be on sale on Geek Nation Tours, and we already have some repeat customers. Some of the some of the guys that came along this last time are going to be coming back. We had, They're bringing friends, so I have a feeling the 2020 Lake Geneva Tour is going to fill up really quick, so quick plug cool. for that. Yeah, because I, I think it's I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be sold out pretty quick. We had an amazing time. Uh, I talked a bit more about it on the last episode of Nerd Herders, so if you want to hear more about it, definitely check out Nerd Herders as you should be anyway, and all the rest of the great shows on the Freebooters Network. Uh, so I was gone for a week in November. We had obviously Thanksgiving, which uh, you know holiday time and travel and people coming in and all that. And then I started a new job in the middle of the month, and that's completely changed my schedule. So. We just had a little bit of a hard time getting anything done in November, so we'll try and work it out going forward with my new schedule. But uh, hey, we're here now, so let's talk about comic books. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll make it. Yay, we're gonna make it. Uh, I don't have anything news items or anything like that to discuss before we head into the main segments. Uh, I didn't think you did either. Is that correct, Andy? That is correct. I don't um, I don't think I had anything big uh, for this month. Okay, all right, then we will forge ahead. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list. This is where we discuss the current reading, and as always, I have to start with a caveat, but I think I stated last time that my plan going forward would be to, since I, I now am very close to having the entire Conan run of the original Marvel series, that, uh, and I was starting to go back and read through them, that I would review a few issues of those every month, and that's that's what I will plan to do. And my actual monthly reading has come to a halt as far as new books, because our local game store that we go to, Midgard uh, Games and Comics, is now pretty much just Midgard Games. They are they have stopped getting new comics, 
so that was where my subscriptions were so i may need to go back to the place where i was before or maybe just start getting all digital but then at the same time i have the whole conan run so i want the physical copies so i'm in a bit of a conundrum but the bottom line is i haven't read anything new in a while and uh andy reads a ton of stuff so i'm sure he'll be able to uh continue to carry this segment of the show as he has so do you <laughs> want me to talk conan first or do you want to yeah, you wanna... yeah. well have you read any of the ones you picked up well, uh, so what I'm doing is I'm going back through and reading through chronologically. So I figured I'd start with issue one and two uh, and, and talk about those real quick uh, because it, it is kind of interesting to – I mean you're talking 1970 when the very first issue came out. So you and I weren't even born then and and comics have changed. Not even you, Ian. Not, not even you. me. Not even – that's three years before I was born. Uh, so yeah, so not even me. But uh, comics have changed so much from – they have and they haven't. From a stylistic standpoint, there's obviously quite a bit of difference as, as to the presentation. Books back then were much longer. Like I, I think a standard comic now is, what, 22 pages? And they were like 40 – I don't know if it was quite into the 40s, but at least like 38 or so. And not as – like the ads, there were there were – quite a few ads but they were usually full page ads that um you know uh well i guess that's pretty much the same it's just there's there's more there, there's more pages and the ads are about the same i think but anyway the just the amount not only the extra pages but the dense and we've talked about this before like like old spider-man comics and stuff but just how dense the the words and the the either the description captions or the speech bubbles or whatever it is, they were just so wordy. So it, it takes a while to read one of these old comic books, which is, which is kind of good and bad. I think you feel like you get your money's worth, but, but at the same time, there's so much extra like unnecessary verbiage and, and stuff in there. So that's been kind of interesting to go back that far and, and read, you know, books from, from literally before, before we were born. Um, so issue one, uh, you got obviously uh, the great Roy Thomas who wrote like the first 115 or so issues and newcomer at the time, Barry Windsor Smith on artwork. And while still a little raw and figuring out his craft, the artwork on issue one is is really strong and I think sets a really nice tone uh, right out of the gate. And I will say, too, if, if uh, there's probably illicit ways to pick up issue one. Uh, if you want to read it yourself, if you're curious. Uh, but the the reprint that I read was the newly printed um, True Believers that Marvel is putting out, those dollar comics that reprint all kinds of stuff. Those comics are great if you like the old stuff because um, they're cheap. I mean, at a buck each, you can't beat that. And it's the full original comic, uh, even with the original covers and everything. So, so those are great, and they've reprinted a ton of Conan uh, books. But anyway, that's how I read issue one i didn't crack open my new one that uh, that amy got me for my birthday um but a good like good story right off the bat uh good like jumps right into conan's world uh you see a vision of him as king in the future which obviously has ties to the robert e howard stories because conan uh well he's a king in the very first howard story so and then the howard stories bounced around in conan's timeline so you kind of get that right off the bat what his future will be uh so yeah just good good solid issue one to to kick off uh what would be a, a really long run and issue two a little bit of a drop but kind of as far as quality wise as far as the story the story's not great it's, but it 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 definitely sets up the formula for conan which is he you know runs afoul of somebody uh there's a woman involved and then he triumphs in the end i mean that's that's pretty much every conan story uh so it kind of sets it up in issue two um but overall it's just it, it wasn't great um it's not bad it's just it's just very uh some of the ideas even fitting within that same formula uh, that Roy Thomas would do later uh, are just better stories. They better, whether it's a better bad guy, a better, you know, more interesting uh, female lead, um, more interesting um, locations or things like that, or, or like other bad guys or monsters that he fights. Uh, these are just kind of some generic run-of-the-mill beast men. Um, but again, you get that really cool Barry Windsor Smith artwork. There's a great opening splash page with like a dead giant. Um, so... Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I, I, I just, I really like it as far as setting the tone. It's setting the tone early. So the first two issues, you know, nice, nice start to it, establishing everything, and you can kind of see in a world, you know, in the in the late 60s, early 70s when this came out, that was very superhero driven at that point because the horror comics had gone away, Western comics really weren't um, popular anymore, and suddenly you have this new thing, this sword and sorcery title, you can see why after, I think it was after issue 7 or so, the sales just took off and, and it became such a mainstay through the 70s and 80s. Uh, so yeah, just good early groundwork uh, on Conan issues one and two, and I feel like I've been talking nonstop for like an hour, so I'll let Andy take over now. But <laughs> no, that's all right. It was good. That was perfect. Um, no, because I know that's like that's one of your favorites. So um... it is, and it's fun to revisit because they're they are so old, but at the same time, the storytelling itself is very timeless. Now, how how much Robert E. Howard like writing is in these so the first two not really anything that i'm aware of i know later thomas did adapt some of the more uh famous howard stories like uh, frost giant's daughter tower of the elephant um uh, i'm trying to think of some of the other ones that i know he did uh so eventually he does get to adapting them but they really did that more in the savage sort of conan the big uh black and white magazine sized that one was much more known for actually really faithfully adapting the the howard stuff yeah i was curious how that how that worked yeah so uh but still good i mean and i i think that's one of those things that I like Conan as a character, and I know there are purists who say that the the comic book isn't isn't really true to the Howard stuff, and they certainly say that about the Schwarzenegger movies. But I don't care. I like it all. The, I love the Conan movies. I love I like the Howard books, and I, I like the the comics. And I've liked the the Dark Horse stuff, which we've covered in the past. I mean, I like all iterations of Conan I think he's a great character and I think that setting is is fantastic and uh so so I enjoy all of it so as long as it's a, a you know a good story and, and the artwork is is really solid and I really like that uh you know that 70s aesthetic is one that I've always really liked because it's what I grew up on so so yeah overall I, I I am enjoying going back and reading through them cool cool yeah, so uh, on to you. And you're, I know you were cutting back a little, but um, but I know there's still a lot of books in your pull list. Yeah, so what I thought I would try to do is talk about some of the ones that were more fun um, this time around. Um, some new things that I tried out. Um, so uh, obviously me and you were, have talked before, we're big Stephen King fans. Um, and I think both of us are, are fans of Joe Hill as well. Um, yep, absolutely. And I like some stuff that he's done. There's other stuff that eh, here or there. Um, he's doing something really weird. He's doing something like very much on his dad's level right now. Um, it's called Basket Full of Heads. Uh, <laughs> okay. One and two, one and two are out. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> So apparently, so this isn't the, this isn't spoiling anything because this is literally in the description. Um, now she must fight for her life with the help of an impossible eighth-century Viking axe that can pass through a man's neck in a single swipe and leave the severed head still conscious and capable of supernatural speech. Um. Okay, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's weird. Um. It's, um, <sighs> it's one of those ones where I think once I have all of them together it'll be fun to go back and reread them all but they're in true storytelling fashion sometimes it doesn't translate as well in a comic yeah yeah uh, but it's a it's a cool story um i think there's like a lot there's a lot going on uh just like in a good story um so that yeah that the first one came out um let's see yeah uh, end of October, October 30th. So then we've already seen the November one as well. Uh, so they're on number two already. And uh, is I'm, it, no, sorry, is it is it an ongoing or is it set to be a certain amount of issues? Or It doesn't say that, but I'm sure it's going to be. Um, it's, DC is doing it too. So it's a, it's a new, it's a, what is this imprint? I'm trying to get a better picture of, DC is doing this interesting thing. 
black label. So DC is oh. doing this whole black label thing where they're doing things that are a little bit darker um, because they have another one. I think this is also that I, I didn't. Yeah. The dollhouse family. Um, it's another DC black label. I don't know how many of these DC black labels they're going to be. Um, but it's, it's exactly that. It's slightly darker, darker stuff. Huh, that's interesting. I had not heard of any of that. Yeah, but I, I, but when I saw Joe Hill, I had to, I had to try. Um, yeah, so that's something that I'm always, I'm always interested in. Um, did they, yes. did they bring on any other uh, names from outside of comics? I know Joe Hill's done comics before, obviously Lock and Key and everything. But I mean, from, but he's, he's, you know, a bigger name now. If they, they bring in anybody else or. Um, I don't know. Um, it looks like, so Mike Carey is who's doing the, but he's a British comic writer. He's the one who's doing the dollhouse family. Um, this it's actually Hill house comics is what it's, uh, and then they're going to go Lolo woods and yeah, it looks like, so it looks like it's a whole kind of dark story. Now he's also doing in the back of the story, he there's a an additional story, Sea Dogs. Um, so it's a um, uh, I can't remember what it was. I have to flip through. It's kind of another story within a story. Um, oh, okay, interesting. So is it kind pi- of, pirate based? Yes. Uh, so let me find it. Here we go. Interesting, because obviously the story within a story in Watchmen is the Black Freighter, which is yeah. sort of like a pirate story. Yeah, so that it, this is a very similar idea. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like yeah, him. So, and obviously, speaking of Lock and Key, I think the Netflix series is fairly close to coming out because uh, I read an interview with uh, with Joe Hill himself, where he's seen all ten episodes, and he said it's he said it's he's really happy with it. Um, which reminds me, I have to bring those comics too. <laughs> <laughs> for others to read so yeah yeah with that coming up i might have to plow through them this weekend just to get a reminder before i uh before i hand those over yeah <laughs> so another one that i i mentioned to you too um that this was another one that came out uh, this actually just came out uh this month technically december um i had read or heard rumors about this uh, but it's a, a Conan uh, limited run, one of four, Conan Serpent War. Uh, so it is Conan the Barbarian, Solomon Kane, Dark Agnes, that's who I couldn't remember because um, I don't know as much about her, and Moon Knight. Yeah, you were telling me about this one, and I, I hadn't heard much about it, but obviously with your, your mixing you know, chocolate and peanut butter with the Conan and Moon Knight for me, so... Right, right. Well, and Solomon Kane's super cool too, and uh, Dark Agnes looks pretty fun as well. But yeah, it's just it's basically there's um, there's an elder god that's kind of reaching across you know time and space, and somebody else is trying to select heroes to to fight it. So all three of them get picked. Um, so it's neat. So we'll see that. That's one that I'll. It's only four issues, so I'll I'll walk through that pretty quick. Um, so I, I have some other new ones, but every once in a while I'll see stuff on Comixology, um, you know, as like a trade or something that I'll I'll pick up uh, and I'll read, um, just because I I because either the cover or the title, you know, the writer the artist hits me. So <laughs> last in November I read Hit Monkey. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! If there's a way for me to like gift this over to you so you could read it too, you'd like it. Um, but basically, the the long and the short is a hitman escaping from uh, a job gone bad uh, finds himself kind of lost in the woods of Japan. Um, there's the you ever see those snow monkeys? The ones yeah, that are, yeah. like stand by the hot pool. <laughs> yeah. So one of them watches him, like, is there trying to help him recover, like, and then basically he then he goes out and becomes 
kind of a hitman. And then when the hitman <laughs> dies, his spirit possesses the monkey, which I really like the idea of a human possessing, like helping an animal out that way. So he sees the monkey, sees the hitman, and is getting advice from the hitman who beyond the grave. Um, so that's that was a fun little ride. Um, it, it's a limited. I think the it collects all of hit monkey so you know it, there's only a certain number of hit monkeys anyhow so um <laughs> it's a fun it was a fun little run uh and that was a fun fun one to read which made up for another one that was on comiXology that again you know it looks at what i've read it tries to suggest stuff I've been loving what some of the new X-Men stuff is doing. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all of that just because uh, I would just recommend to anyone out there to to look at some of the new X-Men stuff, particularly things like Marauders um, and X, uh, X-Force have both been really, really good. Um, but I went back and I picked up an Astonishing X-Men. So this was... Sorry. Astonishing X-Men... Exogenesis uh, one through five. It's awful. Uh, it is Warren Ellis. <laughs> wow. Like I thought I'd like it, but it maybe isn't Warren Ellis's fault. Um, if you can, uh, let me see if I can get up. Uh, if I can copy this image, just so yeah, just so you can see what is on on the cover here, and see if I can. I always forget how to. Uh, share screen here. We have like the chat side. I don't know if you can uh, share it in there. Can you see? Can you see this cover? I don't see. Oh, something's happening. Do this. I don't know what's. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. All right, all right. So all right. it has. All right, I'm gonna keep it quick. So <laughs> no, I was gonna uh, say em- our technical difficulties are are probably riveting. But yeah, Emma Frost is on the cover, right? So I yeah. know sometimes they will oversexualize female characters in X Men on the cover. I'll Google it. What um, and people can Google. What should I? What should I search for? Um, Astonishing, Astonishing. X Men. Exogenesis, so X E N O G E N E S I S. It goes from bad to worse. Like, I would think, I was like, oh, it's the cover. And I couldn't really tell when I was looking at the cover. Like, you know, you can kind of see it. It, it just gets, it just gets worse. Like, it is awful. She, I don't understand how she moves. And you said, sorry, which uh, which issue? One through five. So like that was like a volume one, but I think she's on the cover of one, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. It is. Yeah, it's. Is it the one where she's? Uh, it looks like there's like a baby human torch. No, and no, it doesn't matter. Um. It, it, anyway, it's ridiculous. She looks ridiculous from what oh, I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even in that one with the baby human torch, yes, that, yes, yeah, that's yeah. how she's drawn in the comic. That's yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. It, it harkens to almost like the '90s oversexualization type of stuff. That um, well, I think this is. I think this is. Well, no, it says June 2010. Like, but it's it, so anyway. It the story was okay because I like Warren Ellis's stuff, but the comic just threw me out. Like, yeah. Anyway, that was um. <laughs> So I found some great stuff this month with Serpent War uh, and Hitmonkey, uh, but that one and Basketful Ads, but that one was um, a a true true bummer. Um, Doctor Afra just uh, wrapped up um, a huge huge story arc um, to the point I think Doctor Afra is actually done. Um, I was man. gonna say it, it feels like I mean I, I it feels like the character can't. It's not one that can really sustain just just based on Star Wars lore, like and where she fits. I, I, it doesn't feel like she can have an, a, a super long ongoing comic. I don't want to ruin anything, but they connected it. They connected because a lot of what takes place is between 
New Hope and um, Empire Strikes Back, and they have wrapped that up fantastically. Oh, they, that's good. Yep. Um, and actually, there's going to be a new Vader next month. Oh, all right. I'll definitely jump back in with that because I've I have loved everything Vader. That, that yeah, Marvel and the target done. the target Vader also just wrapped up. Um, oh, sorry. This is one we have. To, yeah, I have to mention. Um, so there's a new Punisher, uh, Punisher Soviet. Um, so this is being written by Garth Ennis, who did some of the original Punisher Max stuff. So technically this is a Max, a Punisher Max. It hasn't been as bad as some of the old Max stuff was, uh, in terms of. Did he do the, the devil, the Punisher, like possessed by a demon Max stuff? Cause that was, that was kind of crap. Uh, I don't know if he did that. I remember him doing some of the other uh, Punisher stuff, uh, some other Punisher storylines. But needless to say, this one is awesome because um, basically somebody's killing Russians, uh, Russian gangsters in New York and blaming and, and the Russians think it's Punisher, but it's not. And so Frank has to figure out who it is. And then he finds this guy who has, like, a very similar, like, outlook on life to him. He just happens to be Russian. Um, so it's, it's been interesting. It's only been two issues, but it's good. It's actually really, it's well, it's well written. Uh, there's a, for a Punisher, there's a lot of reading. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's a Max title, which is interesting, too, because, you know, there's, there's a good story to it. There's a good amount of uh, there's a good amount of reading to it so i like it um so i've been having fun with that one as well nice yeah and those are those are the kind of the new new and kind of hot that i wanted to talk about uh for this month nice awesome yeah it sounds like some there's some really fun stuff in there to check out yeah awesome good stuff as always andy so we will move on and turn the page lord aku the samurai has escaped our clutches once again you have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad, you need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle Earth, feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No, we must capture the... Wait, did you say Star Trek tour? Yep. To GeekNationTours.com It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. Alright, welcome into Read This, where we give you a trade paperback or a collection or a single issue or something cool to hopefully read along with us, or if not, at least listen to, to what we thought of it. And... Uh, it was my turn last time out, and I made a selection. Now, first off, I'm based on what – so Andy and I had a little bit of discussion. We saw each other at uh, our buddy Rich's uh, holiday party over the weekend, and, and we talked a little bit. Uh, based on what Andy told me, I'm kind of curious if we read the same thing because I had intended to pick something – thought I had picked it, and then hearing Andy talk about it, I got a little confused that maybe it was a different collection. So so we went with uh, so a Dungeons & Dragons collection, the Forgotten Realms. Uh, I Shoot, I already forgot the... Um, what was the... What was the... Well, see, that's a, I'm wondering, too, if we read something. That, so I read, I read Dungeons & Dragons Forgotten Realms Classics Volume 1. Okay, I don't think that's what I read. Let me look in my... Comicsology, because this is what I intended to read was what this ended up being. All right, my comicsology is open recently, blah, blah, blah. Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms. I can't see the other half of it. I'm clicking on it. Uh, Forgotten Realms Classics. Is that what you read? Volume one, right? Yeah, the, so did you read the it was uh the first part was the uh the hand of uh Vaprex. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So we did read the same one. All right. So that's good. So this will be interesting because I think we have two completely different takes on it because I wanted to read uh this cuz I had never read this and 
Dungeons and Dragons, their parent company TSR, um, did something very interesting in the '80s where they actually split two of their. It's it's the same Dungeons and Dragons uh, property, but they had multiple realms that you could play D and D with for for people that don't play Dungeons and Dragons. There are it's not so much now. There's uh, they have a few things that they're coming out with slowly in in fifth edition D and D, and of course D and D is more popular than it's ever been. But like back in the in the eighties, especially, there were so many different places to play. There was like a post-apocalyptic desert world uh, called Dark Sun. There was like a whole gothic like vampires and zombies setting called Ravenloft. Uh, and then there was the classic uh, Greyhawk. There was Forgotten Realms, which is, which is my favorite. And then the one that a lot of people know is Dragonlance, uh, because it had a huge, hugely popular uh, set of books that came out, written by Margaret Weiss, and had the famous Larry Elmore covers. And and a lot of people our age read those books and loved those books. So somehow TSR had Dragonlance comics coming out that were printed by Marvel. And Forgotten Realms books uh, printed by DC, so that was that was interesting to me. And I I haven't gone back to see if they overlap uh, time wise. My guess is they don't. Maybe Marvel had the license and did Dragonlance first, and then DC did Forgotten Realms. But anyway, I had never read them, uh, and they they're not like valuable or anything. But I don't seem to ever see them in like the dollar bins or anything. I haven't ever had a chance to pick them up. So so I, I wonder. I wonder if they're not in the dollar bins because, like, people that like D and D would also collect this. So you have like that right. double collector element. Right. That's what I was thinking. Is that it's more it's more D and D fans that have them. I've found an issue here and there of the Dragonlance ones, but never never enough to actually be able to read anything because it's like I got you know issue six and issue ten, and you know I don't have any I don't have any uh, sequence to it. So, um, so I I really wanted to read this. Now it, it sounds to me, Andy, like you. Uh, you didn't enjoy this. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you. No. Um, <laughs> well, I, I look. I, it's, I, so I'm not saying it's like the best thing I've ever read, but I I like it for what it is. It's that '80s artwork, which I which I like, um, and it's you know it's very like a lot of artists look the same, and it was and it was done that way on purpose, especially at Marvel. But DC had a lot of that as well, where a lot of the artists, you know, the, their figures look look very similar uh i like the artwork i like that it's a pretty straightforward D D style story you get kind of a party forming and you got you know you got some classic uh classes in there you got a paladin you got a cleric you got like a you got like a golem you know you know it's <laughs> yeah, that's just, a classic character well, right no, but, it, but that that throws you know throws something interesting in there you got like a like an elf you got a halfling you got you know you got a lot of classic D D tropes all kind of mixed in with a pretty standard, you know, type of story. So it's including not... just like a GM was telling me this story and decided to change the story halfway through because <laughs> well, that's how I felt. Like... Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was like the best storytelling and writing and everything, but there's also <laughs> there's like a comfort food factor. I think that I that I really enjoyed just being like, yeah, this is this is not like the second coming of Watchmen or anything, but it's, but it's, it's absolutely not the worst thing I've ever read. And it, you know, being in the D and D world kind of, kind of made it a little bit charming for me. So, so I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't absolutely love it, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of had fun with it. So, okay. So we keep saying that set in the D and D world, other than the five characters you mentioned, there's not like, it is, it's there's so jammed on those there's characters. There's some gnolls in there. There's some gnolls in there. They throw That's true. D and D. Okay, but wait. I also think that Mick Jagger is in it. <laughs> it's either Mick Jagger or Steven Tyler. You've got to go. So at the start, go to the 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 start of Hand of uh, Vapa Rack Part Two. Part Two. Okay. It's a it's a full page. It's a um, a two page full page. Right, it's like a port. It's so it's page thirty-two in the book, and then it's page. Um, what is it for us? It's yeah, page thirty-two. Okay, and, all right. Let me let me go into the browse because I'm way at the end here. So yeah, 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 yeah. Go back and browse. Sorry, listeners. There's a lot of us looking for. Yeah, I'm sorry, but this tonight. is worth it. This is the like yeah. the one thing that I remembered out of the entire comic that I read. 
All right, is there a start over button? Because this is going <laughs> to take forever. Keep going, keep going. Oh, there we go. It's picking up steam now. All right. Uh, all right so, so it picks up steam. Oh, so, yeah, so, so the splash page for issue two is what you're talking about, page 32? Yeah. Yeah. All right, hang on, almost there. Yeah, so as you get there, um, yeah, I I felt like, like I think it's at the end of part two, part three, like they just throw in some additional characters. Like it's almost like you have multiple D&D parties playing. Oh, you're but, right. That does look like Steven Tyler. <laughs> it took me a second to find him. I see him. He's over on the left-hand side. Looks like, oh, Eddie's a bard. That's, yes. Yeah, yes. That's, that's got to be on purpose. I know. That's kind of, that's that's amusing, uh, and I wonder if the guy selling meat at the meat cart is somebody too, because he almost looks like a young Stan Lee. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's I know it's DC, but but that's... like all these characters in here, like this is the one page where everybody has like a face. You know, yeah. what I mean? that horse looks familiar too. <laughs> Although I just noticed like there's a shadowy figure in the back by the uh, the that house oh yeah page you're right and like hanging back there yeah see this makes me like it even more yeah. <laughs> i like what's going on here yeah uh, um yeah so well it's it's funny because you you read it ahead of me you you had already read it and uh, i think a while back we talked about it maybe oh yeah i read it last... like the second night like the, yeah. the night after we we got this yeah yeah maybe like our last not to be overly meta about it but like our i think our last D D session maybe you were telling me about it yeah. um so i went into it thinking oh man this is gonna suck and i was like i'm you know it's again it's not high art but it's but i don't know i kind of had fun with it i'm 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 glad i read it <laughs> so all right so when um when they get to um, Shadowdale, right? Yeah, which is awesome because it's like, ah, oh, Shadowdale, this is great. We right. love Shadowdale. So I know the those two characters that are iconic, but who's the lizard guy? Oh, I don't. I know there is there is a D and D cover with those two. Hmm, that's a there's... good question. That might be. I mean, I'm. I'm definitely a D and D guy and a Forgotten Realms guy, but I'm I'm by no means any well because then they're in expert, they're in so. the next story too. But they, okay, where where does that start? Later. Let me take a look and see if uh, I, that'd I be might... like fifty six. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, like yeah, but th- there's the story jumps around so much, and there's so, there's so many wizards. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of wizards, and they all have white hair and beards. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was funny that they even like the. I don't know the the captain guy. It's like, yeah, they it it it's an interesting. It's almost like they they switched writers midway through, or or like in an actual D and D campaign, if like they you switched out with another DM or something. It, it does it does do some interesting things um, story wise. Oh yeah, that to... lizard guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's Joel's They're... Lizard Man. It's our buddy Joel's Lizard Man character. Right, right. But I know they appear. <laughs> I know that that's from uh, a cover somewhere. I just don't. Okay. Remember. Yeah, it might be a, a module that I that I'm not familiar with, or maybe even novels and stuff that I'm not familiar with. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. But then I don't know that they introduce those two. Yeah, you're right. They are just kind of there. Uh, yeah. The woman is named. Yeah, her name is Alias. And the uh, alias and dragon bait. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. May, and again, they may be from something else that I've just not read. But yeah, um, yeah, some of the names were kind of. It, it, it's you could tell it was written by someone who doesn't actually play D and D. You know, which is a little. <laughs> sometimes that's disappointing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, oh, I, there it is. It, you know what it is? It's a Forgotten Realm story, Azure Bonds. Oh, the yes, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, okay, yeah. and it's those two from the cover. That's why I recognize. Them. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah it's so a fictional for, character. Yeah, for, well, well, they're all fictional, Andy. <laughs> oh, some of it's real. Uh, but um, some of it's real. Yeah, mazes and monsters was true. Um, anyway, so I think I yeah I think it's interesting because the one thing that I like the I have to have a really good story to enjoy that. Um, that style of art. Yeah. Uh, 
So, like, uh, Strikeforce uh, Moratori, uh, I love the story in there, but it's a very similar style of art. Uh, the Watchmen, like you mentioned. Um, so I have, <laughs> I, I do okay with when it's, when there's a little bit better of a story. But this one, literally, they're, like, when they're in the dungeon, I can't tell what's going on. Like, it, there's so much happening at once. I'm just like, I, I don't even know what's going on. Like, everybody's dying. Everybody's not dying. Like, <laughs> I know it's very yeah. much like a D&D game, but, like, it's like it's not narr- narrated well for me. Yeah, it's... And I definitely see that. It's it's definitely a little bit of a mess as far as a, um, a cohesive story and, and just the... Just the execution of the story isn't isn't really handled that well, but um, I don't know. For some reason, I was <laughs> I was willing to forgive it. I don't know. I'm in the holiday spirit too, I guess. But yeah, I got this before the holiday spirit. That's that. Maybe why. Yeah, or maybe drink some holiday spirits and then then give it a try. But yeah. oh well. Well, thanks for going along with it anyway, because it was one I had I had wanted to read, and I was really happy to see that it had shown up on Comicsology Unlimited, and we were able to to um uh to to read it. So um, now, did you read any more into like the Dragon and the Dale? Like, no. Uh, I've actually read some of the the more recent uh D and D stuff. I actually really enjoyed their the Baldur's Gate. Uh, unfortunately, it was only like five or six issues, but it brought back Minsk and Boo from the uh, Baldur's Gate uh, this, PC, PC this games. Is, there's a new one this month. Oh, there is. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely have to pick that up because uh, Kale, uh, my uh, younger son, really enjoyed the D&D, the Baldur's Gate comics as well. So I'll yep. have to go back and, and pick those up. Yeah, there's a new one uh, that just came out this month. Oh, that's great. Good, good, good. Yeah. With yeah. Minsk. Oh, awesome! Yeah, D and D lends itself so much to the comic book form, uh, but again, it's—I think you need someone that that plays the game to. I think that that's the only way to go as far as writing, because you've that—that's the way to capture not only the feel of the of the world and the setting, but just of of D and D and what's you know what it's like to you know carve out your own stories in these worlds and and you know even though that kind of maybe lends itself to tropes and and things like that i still think if you're doing it right uh then it'll be a good story for people that just like fantasy or you know like D and and you know the, a little bit of crossover uh well, i thought the new stuff was way was much better um, oh yeah the new new stuff is better it's much better storytelling and art and everything it looks like there might be two new Dungeons and Dragons ones. Oh no 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 no! It's the same one. Dungeons and Dragon Infernal Tides. Oh okay. It's IDW. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely check that out. So uh, so yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, uh, classics. Uh, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe pick it up. It's uh, I like I said if it's. It's not the best reading, but if you uh, if you want to kind of jaunt down memory lane and you're a big fan of D and D, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna get Dan Roberts to read it. Our buddy Dan. I bet Dan. Will. Oh yeah, he'll like it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, so it's Andy's turn to pick for next month. What do you have for us? Um, so I had mentioned this, um, and I actually read all of this volume and the next I think three or four volumes but with a new movie coming out with our friend uh, Vin Diesel um, I thought it'd be fun to read uh, Bloodshot. Uh, So it's Bloodshot Volume 1 Setting the World on Fire. Uh, It's available on Comixology Unlimited. Cha-ching! I see him a lot because I like Valiant. I I read a lot of the Harbringer uh, stuff uh, so I, I really, so I've seen him and other things. I like, it's a neat idea. It's a very Deadpool-like idea uh, with a guy that's much more stoic. So it's it's much more a mix of Punisher and Deadpool. Um, and I like it. Um, but to let you know, there's a ton of Valiant stuff out there. And there are crossovers with Harbringer. And there's also crossovers with something called Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, I remember them. I I never read any of the Valiant uh, stuff. Read them. But I, they're yeah. they're on Comicsology Unlimited as well. Um, I would say read those as well. Um, so good. 
Yeah, I remember all the titles when they came out. I was a, I was a huge fan of Wizard magazine. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but so w- with Wizard, I would I would read Wizard every single month. I really man, I miss Wizard. That was such a such a good magazine for comic fans. But with Wizard, it almost felt like you didn't have to read everything because they kept you up on what was going on so i just remember that whole valiant you know bloodshot like you mentioned archer and armstrong uh harbinger they did they have um was ninjack one of theirs yep okay yep. yeah i remember ninjack i haven't um, read any of that yet yeah but i i never picked up any of those and i remember seeing the covers and everything that was that was in that 90s era where the the artists were the you know the big the big names and, and storytelling and stuff was kind of secondary to the artwork and and we talked about this um andy and i did in person uh, recently about you know just how a lot of that stuff was was garbage a lot of the image stuff those artists were great artists but couldn't write um so that might have been why i stayed away from some of the valiant stuff but uh but i'm actually excited to like you know now um in in you know, kind of removed from it, go back and check it out and, and see. So, yeah, that's a good recommendation. What's the, does it have a name, the volume one or something like that? What's it called? Uh, setting the World on Fire. All right, Bloodshot, Setting the World on Fire. Okay, cool. That sounds awesome, and I'm excited because I've never read any of that. So uh, so that'll be for next month for Read This. Yeah. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus, you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right, moving on to the somebodies, where we pick a character that we would like to maybe. Sometimes it's it's someone that we ourselves want to learn a little bit more about, or someone that we like and want to tell you more about, or just something we want to talk about. And it was Andy's turn this month to pick. And who have you selected, Andy? So I picked somebody that. Um that I thought would be fun, like Ian said, to learn a little bit more about. Um, I think she's a popular character, but she is definitely tied to a single kind of superhero. So I wanted to do Cheetah. Um, and when I saw who is going to play her in the upcoming uh, Wonder Woman uh, 1984, um, I just got super excited. Um and then I remembered back to like Justice League and how they would make her talk in that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, it just brought back all kinds of memories. <laughs> so I wanted to go back and read a little bit more about her. Um, and that's when I realized that the cheetah that I like and that is going to be in the new movie is very different than kind of the original. Um, so that yeah, was. No, sorry. I was just going to say that was one thing. And going back, I, not a character I knew a ton about. So, you know, going back and looking through, I was surprised at how many different uh, iterations of Cheetah there have been. Right. So I think I think most of us know the Barbara Ann Minerva, which is the one that we see we're going to see in the new Wonder Woman movie, which, by the way, we should have talked about that at the top of the show. That looks Oh, yeah. Nice. It looks There's... it looks good. And they. I thought the first Wonder Woman was really well done. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and and we teased it, but I don't think you say it. it's it's Kristen Wiig who's playing uh, yeah. <laughs> Cheetah, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. But but from the trailer, it looks like a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm I'm super excited about. Um, well, and then based on like the description that I read of who kind of Barbara Ann Minerva was, it it sounds perfect. Like. It sounds absolutely perfect, but it's it's really interesting. So what I didn't realize, so I, I looked at like where did where did the the creation for um, the first uh, cheetah come from? And it's um, it's William Marston, who is um, basically he, He's the same woman who he's the same person who creates Wonder Woman, 
but he wanted where he was trying to make Wonder Woman this character that was, you know, uh, a woman all on her own, independent. Cheetah, the original one, was designed to be like the antithesis, like a woman that hates other woman women that's that's jealous. Um, that it so it was it was super interesting reading that, and then I went back and read a little bit more about William Marston. You know, if if you want to kind of understand, like we we look at some of the creators of comics like Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, and we look at all these iconic ones, but you want someone who created a character who's a super super interesting dude like really interesting go back and look at uh william marston um, yeah and he's so I've, i know i've plugged the show before and i'm not sure if it's on netflix or it's got to be available somewhere but robert kirkman's secret history of comics has an episode on marston and yeah just uh all all kinds of <laughs> just interesting crazy weird odd stuff that he was he, that he was kind of going for and and in his own personal life he had like a he had like a wife but he had also like another woman that lived with them that it, that he had a relationship with as well um and this was this was the 40s so that's even more interesting when things were much more you yeah. know kept secret and and people were more repressed and everything um cuz cuz cheetah here debuted in wonder woman issue six which was uh 1943 so i mean that's that's pretty crazy to to think about so highly recommend actually the the entire uh robert kirkman secret history of comics that whole series there's only like six episodes or so but they're all super super interesting and really really good and the the marston one uh for sure is um definitely surprising with, with all the stuff that was going on with him while he, when he created this character and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, yeah, he has this whole, like there's a description. So this is not a description I expect to see when I'm reading backstories of comic book characters. So he writes, um, so she was created as an allegory of the folly of abnormal emotions, such as jealousy, as well as to be another embodiment of what he called less actively developed women emotionally misaligned who needed emotional reform by a love leader in this case wonder woman like that is not what i expect <laughs> when i yeah. like like so so after that like i ended up in a rabbit hole like reading about like william marston and stuff and i had to and then i read basically the 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 fictional backstory for priscilla rich who's the first one which is you know debutante aristatic upbringing like and basically is snubbed by wonder woman um and becomes like her you know her main you know arch enemy for a while it looks like because I, I this gets back into you know golden age um silver age stuff like um where i don't i, I read you know those comics are as old as my dad you know Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and she's interesting. So you, so you had Priscilla Rich, who you mentioned. Then in the uh, 80s, early 80s, Jerry Conway and uh, Jose Delbo created uh, Deborah Domain as uh, the new version of Cheetah. And then you've got Len Wein and George Perez doing uh, a, a new version, the Barbara Ann Minerva one that you referenced. That was in 1987. And then now there's another one. I, I know nothing about this one, but in July of 2001, from uh, Phil Jimenez and Joe Kelly, you get uh, Sebastian Ballesteros as, I guess, the new Cheetah. So, um, but it's a man, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, but it, it's funny because, you know, so many she's Wonder Woman's such an iconic character and has been around forever, and and a lot of times I think uh, the best comic characters are defined by their rogues gallery uh obviously spider-man and batman the two you know at the top of the list because they have amazing uh you know collection of, of rogues that are their uh bad guys wonder woman really lacking in in that department and cheetah is i mean quote unquote the best known but you know people outside of comics know that know who wonder woman is would never in a million years be able to tell you who her arch nemesis is well what i think was interesting too is so we like i said i remember her, her character from 
the the Justice League cartoon, and it was all about her talking funny. Yeah, you mean like, like are you talking Super Friends, like back yeah, then? Yeah, Super Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she but, talked like a cat. She talked like Catwoman. Yeah, sort of had that purr type of um, inflection and stuff like that. I don't even know what that means, but but I, I know I know what you're talking about. But it's interesting too because one of the ones, one of the episodes that I remember from that, and I, the funny, I would never have remembered this from being a kid. But when my kids were younger, we watched all the Super Friends episodes, uh, and they're actually all on the DC streaming service now. You can actually watch them. Uh, I just remembered the one where they like all is i think it's called the secret origin of the super friends or something like that but they um she goes back in time to uh essentially foil diana becoming wonder woman because there's like these games that uh whoever's the strongest becomes wonder woman and so cheetah goes back in and cheats <laughs> no pun intended and is able to win and become wonder woman and so i had always remembered that um you know, from, from watching it, you know, whatever it was, 10, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, when my kids were younger. And in going through and looking at the Cheetah stuff, it turns out that was pulled from the comics. That was actually a storyline in the comics, which was kind of neat that, um, that Super Friends actually used that. Yeah, I'm looking like... <laughs> I'm looking at the list of uh, Wonder Woman villains. It's so in the... Like the ones that are reoccurring, Central Rogues Gallery. So these are, like, it is all gods: Ares, Cersei, uh, Demos. Um, Which I mean, it, then there's it a series of doctors: Doctor Cyber, Doctor Poison, Doctor Psycho, Duke of Deception. I've never heard of any of these guys. Yeah. <gasps> Giganta, I forgot about. Uh, oh yeah, Giganta, I forgot. Well, well, and the funny thing is too, Giganta obviously known. She was used in Super Friends, but they had Apache Chief who, who, you know, was who who got big. So he always fought her. So it didn't even feel like that was her, you know, one of her bad guys. There's none <laughs> of these people. Like there's hundreds of names that don't even have links. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's never a good have, sign on wikipedia yeah if you don't have a wikipedia page then are you even a bad guy <laughs> right 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 we should be looking at those guys next yeah. um but it, so anyway so, <laughs> well, so if, they have, if they don't have a wikipedia entry then right i don't know, i don't know what we I'm know nothing we know nothing about yeah, but it. it's such an interesting thing where i was just like i was I'm so excited about the Wonder Woman movie, and then I saw who the villain was going to be now I know the main villains um what is uh, max um Power. Uh, what's, what <laughs> Max <him>? Power. Um, <laughs> yes, Homer's uh, alter ego. Yeah. No. What's his name? Um, I, I I can't remember. Oh yeah, this You're... is killing me. Maxwell Lord. There we go. Oh, Maxwell Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, he's gonna be the but to have but once I knew that Cheetah was gonna be in there, and then I saw who was gonna play it, I was like, oh, that's that's a perfect perfect one for us to to pick. But it's um. Yeah, it's it's cool um, that she has been around through the whole kind of series, and it's what's really interesting too is apparently the first two, Priscilla Rich and um, Deborah Domain, they didn't even have any powers. Like they were besting her based on other things at that point. It's yeah, really yeah. only when you get to Barbara Ann Minerva that you know that she has powers. But I think that's pretty typical of what happens when you move from Golden Age to Silver Age to kind of. Um, pre-52 crisis to post-52 crisis that the, that although the superheroes were super like Superman and stuff, they fought they fought some pretty kind of well, they fought gods, but then a lot of other mooks, like a lot of mooks. <laughs> well, um, you no, know, that's true. I mean, you even go back and look at Batman. All of Batman's oldest rogues are not superpowered. Joker, um, Catwoman, Penguin. You know, not, none of them are, you know, and and actually that's pretty, pretty standard throughout Batman's mythos because he's he himself isn't really super powered. He's just the like peak, you know, human performance level. So but yeah, you're right. It's and even Superman back then had uh, all of his were pretty. I mean, later you got, you know, Brainiac and and ones like that. But but early on, you know, you're talking, you know, Lex Luthor and and yeah, just regular regular people which is which is very interesting 
Yeah. So it's it's cool. So I I thought it was I thought it was a good pick. It was really fun to read through. Um, I don't know how much I'll go back and and read because I'm still. It's just it's a lot to to kind of go back in. Um, but it. It did make me super excited. I think what I really wanted to get out of this is people to be excited for the new Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, which does look cool. What's the release date for it? Is it May or is it earlier than that? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, because I don't know what else DC even has coming out next year. Aside from, Oh, they have the new Suicide Squad. Uh, but I'm oh, not they sh- have uh, Birds of Prey too, right? Uh, this is June 5th. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So they're going, going right in the... Uh... Right in the thick of things, I wonder what Marvel's got coming out around there. Feels like next year there's not as not uh, not as much buzz for comic movies. I'm sure they're all coming. It's we, just I we're gonna. I, I think we. Well, I don't know when uh, San Diego Comic Con is, but that's isn't that in the spring? No, it's in July. I think that's interesting. Yeah, because I know there was a lot of stuff because Brazil just had theirs. So yeah, the um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm looking forward to the Rise of Skywalker or what it is, but I'm there's not a ton of stuff. Usually at this point, there's a whole bunch of things where I'm like, you know, oh man, next year is going to be awesome. We got this, this, and this, but I I can't think of a ton of stuff that's coming out. That's I can't think of even much of anything that's got. I'm sure there's there's stuff that I'm looking forward to, but I can't really think of anything right now. Usually there's there's at least one or two things that I'm hyped for, but yeah. Well, at least the Wonder Woman uh, was it eighty four. I keep even forgetting yeah, what year it is. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Just yeah. remember uh, nineteen eighty four. Oh, okay. Eighty four. Got it. Uh, but that looks good. I, I watched the trailer uh, a few days ago, and yeah, I think it. I think it looks fun. I think it's going to be good. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, cool. That was uh, that was our somebody's for this time around. Yep. And we, I did put the call out a while ago for the mailbag, and then I did again a short notice one tonight on Facebook. Uh, but we didn't end up with any entries, no questions. I'm sure as soon as we're done recording, we'll get four or five. That's generally the way these things go. But uh, but if that's the case, we'll answer them next time. We didn't have any this time out for the mailbag, but that's okay. We're we got a nice tight hour long episode tonight, and that uh, that's good because I'm getting sleepy. Still adjusting to my new job, so um, yeah. But, my parents are coming here tonight. Oh, are they? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, they're stopping by. That they've got some stuff to take care of. So nice. I I like your parents. They're good people. Good people. I'll be seeing them uh, in a couple months when we head yep. to head up to Maine. That's going to be awesome. So okay, cool. I think we uh, I think we have reached the end of this issue. We are you're at the back page with the uh, the ads for the sea monkeys and. You know the uh, uh, X-ray glasses, and was there something in there? This is a tangent, which you know uh, we do. Uh, was there? What was your what was your wish list item on that stupid thing? For me, it was never the X-ray specs or sea monkeys. For for me, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. For me, it was like the giant, like supposedly like remote controlled ghost. Do you remember that? Mine was those hand buzzers. Oh, the joy buzzer. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... But do you remember the ghost? Do you know the one I'm no. talking about? Yeah, it was like supposed to be like 10 feet tall. And I, I I always wondered what it really was, like when you got it. Like, because you know those things were garbage when you got them. Oh, yeah. But I, I always wondered what the ghost was. Like, if it was just like a like a piece of, like, you know, thin nylon, white nylon or something in a in a plastic ball or something with a hook on it and you like we're supposed to put it on a string and i don't know i i always wondered about that if anybody ever bought the uh the giant ghost and knows what it was uh shoot shoot me an email or uh, or you know message us on facebook because i'd really like to know because i i had friends that had sea monkeys and those are just brine shrimp and uh you know the x-ray specs were just like a like almost like a little illusion thing where it just like outlined did you did you ever look through the x-ray specs yes ever had, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of outlined your body. It was it was bizarre. I don't know. And of course, in the in the uh, <laughs> again sign of the times, but in the ad, it always showed like a dude like looking through a a, a girl's skirt or <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, it's... I'm gonna research it in because I found a page. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. All right. Because yeah, I'll let you I'm... know. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I I have uh, I have 
diverted from the uh, topic at hand, which was closing up this issue. But um, so we'll try and get back on schedule. Uh, always, you know, we always intend to to do it every month, and sometimes life gets in the way. Both Andy and I, you know, busy busy schedules, work wise and and family wise. So we do what we can, but uh, hopefully you forgive us when we are not able to get it out every month and and come back and listen just the same. But um, had fun as always, Andy, discussing everything. You yeah, had me too. Excellent. Had some great recommendations in uh, pull list. Hit monkey sounds really cool. So, uh, so I hope people check that out. I'm going to try and check out some stuff, and I'll keep reading Conan and, and going along with that. And uh, yeah, other than that, I will say thank you one more time to my co-host Andy Howard. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, Ian. All right. Thank you, as always, listeners and uh, the Freebooters Network. Definitely check out Geek Nation Tours. Check out all the other awesome podcasts on the network. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Andy and I, you can hear on Nerd Herders. I've also got Ego, the 80s Geek Out podcast. So plenty of fun stuff to occupy your time on your drive to work or while you're at work or however you listen. So thank you, as always, for the support. Thank you again to Andy. We will be back next month. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.